1: hey there rugby fans welcome to another great episode of the rugby rant podcast show my name is ty braga your host for today's activities alongside rob the hammer hammer schmidt and the man of the hour joining us here for this run pass or kick interview you know him very well it is of course usa eagle cam dolan cam welcome to the show
2: hey man thanks for having me on
1: Excellent. Well, you have come to us in a, in a very special situation. Um, in fact, we're going to be talking about that in a, in a few moments. Uh, we're very pleased to be able to have you here with us, obviously representing Nola Gold, USA Eagle. We've got plenty to be able to share here, but to learn on how this works in our run, pass or kick interview, it's best we hand it over to Rob Hamishman to let you know how it works.
0: All right, Cam, here's how the run, pass or kick interview process is going to work. I'll prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. And you'll have three options. You can run with the question, which is to say you're going to go ahead and answer it. You can pass the question, which is to say that you're going to go ahead and pass on it because, quite frankly, it's a little bit of a hot topic. Or you can have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, and kick it to us. And What that means, Cam, is that you're going to ask us to answer in the best way we think you would answer. And then you can give us a grade. You can play coach. You can play uh, coach there and give us a grade and say, "Man, that was awful, bloody awful!" Or you can say, "Hey, that was a nice answer, and here's why." So you're running for the okay, run okay. pass or kick, or kick challenge.
2: Oh, I'm always ready. Let's do. It. Let's do it.
0: Awesome, man. So, uh, first question: run pass or kick? Players in the MLR have had to be creative given the suspension of play during COVID. Recently, when I confirmed our interview, you sent me. Uh, you sent me an image. Uh, during one of our uh, during one of your latest pursuits right here there it is would you like to share anything about your latest adventure run pass or kick
2: Uh, i'm definitely gonna run with that one so um you know i have to kind of allow the travel to happen a bit more um my uncle asked me if i wanted to take a little vacation uh you know he said this uh this year's been a bit tough on him so you know, I wanted to, um, to join him and, uh, we took a little trip to, uh, searching tacos. And that's kind of, I think it's now my fourth time down here with him. Uh, you know, it's our first time in, in 2009. So, you know, it's been tough, it's been very tough <laughs> The what has been 20 and, and 88 every day.
0: Um, bastard. <laughs> uh, you know,
2: you got, you got to make your own homemade rum punch. And I've had to go diving, uh, for lobster for, for food. Uh. And, uh, you know, it definitely, of, definitely sounds
1: of, like a tough life, but uh, the rest of us, it's, us it's are wondering lot, how we sign a, up, right?
2: It's, it's a lot of weight on my back, but, um, you know, I figured, you know, I'll, I'll kind of raise my hand and, 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 you know, take that one and, and you know, kind of join <laughs> him down here. So, you know, it's been tough, but, uh, you know, it's been definitely fulfilling.
1: Well, you look like you're handling it like a trooper, and we appreciate this yeah. burden uh, <laughs> that you uh, set upon yourself. <laughs>
2: Well, the sunburn on my legs isn't, isn't uh, very happy with me, but you know a little uh, bit of aloe vera and and the yeah. rest, and you're good to
1: go. It's an occupational hazard, right? <laughs> me, I'm for,
2: sorry. the territory, as they
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's it's good to know that you're enjoying yourself during your off time. Certainly uh, after so after all these years of uh, excellent service, not only uh, to the Eagles but also to the teams you played for, including Nola Gold. Uh, it's it's well deserved, my friend, because I'm sure. I think we were talking, this is the first, you know, big break in rugby you've had in in almost forever and since high school, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I was in college, it was, you know, we always had a fall season. Uh, You you have a couple weeks out of Christmas and then we'd start our preseason early January and the league would run through January or, you know, through the spring and, and, you know, national championships and then, you have CRCs in June and then um, I would always either have um, 2009, I did All-Americans in the summer. 2010, I had a toward ACL. I was recovering from, which is you know quite a bit of rehab. For anyone who's ever you know had a, a reconstructive surgery like that, it's you know it's a four or five day a week kind of thing. Um, 2011, I went on seventh tour, and then went on all American tour, and then went to the pre World Cup camp. So I mean that was like you know kind of I guess what like twelve. It was like ten weeks straight after the season had just ended. So it was like a long. That was a real long year for me. Um, and then back into the swing of things um and then 2000 same thing with that season again Then 2012 did um all americans you know crc into all americans again we went to ireland uh that time and then was back for like you know five or six weeks and then starting back with our fall season and then went to what used to be the arc up in victoria and then tore my other acl up there so then rehab back just in time for the college playoffs and then went on my first tour with the usa team then I did ARC. Then I got my contract to go live. In, uh, then I did November tour. Then my contract to go overseas. And overseas, you know, the lead, you know preseason starts in August. And you don't get done until the end of May. And then as soon as you're done at the end of May, you're with USA in June. And then you have the month of July off. And then you're back in the previous. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like that, that never-ending cycle. So, you know, you get four or five weeks, you know, a year max. And it's all in one portion. So, I've never really had like a long break. And, you know, after like the second month of this break, I was like. What do I oh, do? I was like, what am I supposed to do right now? I was like, I'm not playing rugby until February. I was like you
1: yeah, take in going That's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what you that is what you do. And you do some diving. I've been doing a lot of fishing. I've been working on my golf game a lot. Uh, I've really enjoy my golf. I've got my handicapped pretty low. Well, so, you know, we're you know, kind of prepping for, for life after sports one day. So
0: There you go. That's not a bad way to have, go.
2: While I have the break do it, you know, kinda of help help out my uh my mentals a bit.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get into that a little bit. Um, you know, off the field, it seems like you're really settling into life in New Orleans, uh, run pass or kick. And I kind of have a two part question here. What is a typical day like in the Big Easy for you right now? And what do you mo- most enjoy about being in the Crescent City, New Orleans?
2: All right. So this first one, I'm going to kick it over to Ty about what a normal <laughs> day looks like, and second one, I'm going to kick it to you, Rob. Well, what would oh, a God. day look like in the Big Easy?
1: Uh, well, first of all, you're you're kicking it over to a guy that has never even been there. Um, so, two guys that is, haven't been there. <laughs> can I pick it over to Rob?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the, don't know the rules of the, the rules of the podcast. So I, well, can, he, can he pick
1: the the you make them up as I go along, and it just happened. Can Rob, you, double,
2: you can't, can't, right. can't double click. You can't double kick? Okay. <laughs> well, so, yours is easy, Ty. Yours is a day in the life for me. So that's, that, you know, where I am doesn't really matter. Oh, okay. So well, yeah, just make some part, shit up.
1: Part, remind me yeah. again. The first part. Uh, was,
2: what was the, it, a day in the life? A typical a day, day in, in the life
1: in the big easy. Okay. Well, a day in your life. I mean, I guess, uh, what was it now? It's uh, it's going to be quite different to now where you're uh, diving for lobsters. So I guess it was Jim, uh, Jim. Uh, you know, hit the training pitch nice and early and take a break in the afternoon. Maybe you catch a nap or two if you're fortunate enough. I don't know. You tell me, man.
2: <laughs> uh, I, that, was, uh, that was, at the moment, inaccurate. Usually it's pretty accurate, uh, you know, during season. But usually we, so right now I you know, wake up, uh, eat some breakfast, take the dog out, uh, then go to the office for a bit. And then hit the gym, and then we we, we have been doing some uh, skills training Tuesdays and Thursdays. If not, I'll try to either go to the driving range or get a few holes in golf. And if not, grocery store, and I really enjoy cooking. So I'll make a dinner probably. Nice. You filled your
1: day up at least. That's for sure. So, so oh, I, I got, don't have to. I don't want to sit still. Right. I
0: got the second part of this question. Okay. What do you, what do you enjoy most about New Orleans? I, there are two things. The food. All right. And being in New Orleans, enjoying the food and the and the nightlife, and of course mm-hmm. you got to enjoy the nightlife with either some great mates or a nice pretty lady. And let me tell you something: for those of you folks who are not connected with Nola, uh, like Tim Falcon's uh, daughter-in-laws, and one of them is a to-be daughter-in-law, um, they're out of this world gorgeous. So if if the women in New Orleans are anything like that, Cam is going to have no problem getting <laughs> one heck of a nice-looking lady to take out. For the evening in new orleans
2: <laughs> well and you know it's the south too and and you know southern bells and southern hospitality are are a real thing that's not just something you, you see in movies or on tv shows you know there's, um you know everyone's very everyone's very polite and respectful there's a lot of yes ma'ams and yes sirs and um you know everyone just kind of kind of enjoys it, it, it it's, it's not hard to enjoy life when you know sunshine and you have a uh, you know a belly full of good food and and uh you know cold beer in your hand so
1: right life um, is very simple that way and as and, long as you can and, enjoy enough of it it's a good life
2: exactly and you know when you have that kind of positive mindset like uh, you know it's it's always pleasant to be around people like that you know when, when people are filled with negativity and stuff like that it's uh you know it's very hard to it's very hard to to enjoy someone's company like that so well, yeah, it's talking about definitely the, good city.
1: positivity and stuff, you know. Uh, often you find people are happiest, like yourself right now, enjoying the white sand beaches mm-hmm. and turkey and cake so that's <laughs> you live a little bit more positive life. Now, I actually I've got the next question for you. Um, run pass or kick. Now you're a guy that obviously from Florida, as we spoke about before the show, you know, you mm-hmm. found your way to San Diego in the inaugural season, playing with the Legion. Uh, now you're in NOLA. What is it that drew you to Nola in the first place?
2: Uh, I'll I'll run with that one. Um, so I actually tried. My contract was finishing up in Cardiff, and um, they have like they have very strict rules on foreigners there. You're only allowed uh, two foreigners on the team uh, or on game day, so it's tough to get a contract unless you're you know, you know, one of the big time like ex ex All Blacks or Springboks or stuff like that. So. Um, You know, I decided to come back, and I actually tried to come to New Orleans the first season because, you know, being from the South, growing up in Florida, went to college in Atlanta. I just enjoy that Southern lifestyle, like you said. Um, You know, the I had never really been. I I think I had a tournament here when I was like seventeen in high school, uh, like Southern South Regionals, like Southern High School Regionals or something like that. So uh, I didn't really experience the city. Um, You know, and (laughs) you know what I had read about it and seen about it and you know, just kind of right in my alley. I really like my fishing. I grew up fishing a lot. And I know that, you know, Louisiana is, is nicknamed the Sportsman's Paradise. and I've, I've found that out since living there, which is great. Um, all the the trout, the saltwater trout and redfish fishing and offshore fishing. I've, you know, been out a bunch this summer catching big yellowfin tuna and, you know, 170-pound swordfish and, and big red snapper. So, um, you know, I really enjoyed that. Obviously, warm weather. I'm not built for the cold, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I wish I was, but I think my blood's too thin for that. Um, so England was England was a tough transition from from you know sunny South Florida to you know Midlands Midlands Northampton so you know rainy and cold and windy you know for six months out of the year so I love good food I love good seafood I love uh, spicy food you know anything Cajun anything Cajun Creoles right up my alley um, so I, As you I said, wanted to go you
1: know, there for passion for you so it makes sense
2: yeah. Yeah, but I wanted to go there, but they had already used up their salary cap. Like, you know, they had their team sorted out, you know, months before the season started. And San Diego, I know, was like was teetering off on whether they were actually going to have a team or not that first season. Right. Matt Hawkins was the GM at the time, reached out to me. Uh, and, and asked me if I wanted to come out to San Diego. And I've been out to San Diego a few times with whether it was the USA uh, 15, the 7th team, or uh, training with the All-Americans because they have that little training center out there. So I was a bit more familiar with it. I knew that, again, it was sunny and warm. Uh, food, not as good, unfortunately. So sorry for any, any anybody watching or from San Diego, but it doesn't <laughs> quite. You uh, mean just
1: like, stood up in an uprising yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I,
2: it doesn't quite uh, keep up with uh, you know the food in the down in the Bayou, which I'm sure you understand, um, and you can't complain about. Uh, <laughs> you guys all hurricanes, so I guess you got that going for you. Yeah. Um, and then after the first after the first year, um, you know, I kind of. Kept my offense open still. I watched, and I, I reached out to, um, I reached out to Nate and then, uh, cause I had Nate Nate, the USA back coach during the 2015 World Cup. So, you know, him and I are familiar with each other. And, um, Ryan, uh, 50 called me and was like, Hey, we want to, we want, we want you to come to the Bayou. I was like, sweet. Cause I know they struggled with lineups their first year. And, you know, they brought in myself, Ignacio Dotti and Kyle Bailey all after the first year, which are, and, and Kane Thompson. So. They're like, hold up, we need it. We need to win a lineup. Most tries to score from lineups. so yeah. They brought they brought us in, and then I think we ended up having one of the best lineups in the league last year, or in 2019, and then again, I think we had a great last weapon last in the year before the sure. Yeah, so you know, that, those were um, that was something they wanted to build on, and you know, we did we kind of did just that. And I mean, 50's got to be up for, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be up there for for GM of the year, uh, you know you know, last couple of years or, or this next year. I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff recruiting, um, you know, and, and, he, and he sells the city well, which is not that hard to sell that city in my mind. Like you said, all that good culture stuff with with, with music and food and, and weather. and Right. You know, creating a real oh, good fan base. And now that
1: now. makes a great package, and it's obviously become a wonderful home for you. Now, yeah. I have a follow-up. Uh, now, you've obviously, as we just sort of, You know, pointed out just a moment ago, started with San Diego, now with Nola. Removing these two from the equation, run, pass, or kick, Cam, if you did not have the ability to choose Nola or the Legion, what team would you choose as a fan, run, pass, or kick?
2: Oh. I'll run with that one. Uh, At this particular moment or season one? Let's
1: say, I mean, overall, whatever this you moment, want. Let's do, to, um, let's do overall and what your pick is yeah. for next year. All
2: right. So I, I don't think the NOLA fans are really going to like this, but um, I'd probably have to pick Atlanta. How uh, <laughs> hey, you know, want to like university? There, <laughs> yeah. I mean, going, going to college there, I played, a, I played under, 10? you know, with Scott, Scott Lawrence, who's their GM At my, um, you know, he was my head coach in college for a couple of years and involved throughout the whole of college. And uh you know, he was, he, he, he's a, I mean, the man he's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Um, you know, he knows how to run a program. Uh, he knows what it takes to, to you know, he's, he's an ex-Eagle, so he knows what it takes to uh, compete at a high level. Right. Uh, and, you know, he, he's kind of like a, he treats everyone like an adult, which is nice. Some coaches don't know how to do that, unfortunately. But, um you know, he treats everyone like an adult, but he, his expectations are high. And if you're not reaching his expectations, then he'll just tell you flat out, he won't, there's no path to aggressiveness. There's no nonsense with him. they um, will tell you how it is. If you do it, boom, you're sweet. If you don't do it, then you better figure it out. Quick kind of thing. Um, so I, I'd probably have to say Atlanta, obviously. You know, I made it was my home for five years. And uh,
1: Well, that makes sense, but I'm going <laughs> to <it back> this-
2: <laughs> Sheila Pound, wow. no one, no one likes Atlanta. I know, I know. The- <laughs> Florida, <laughs> Atlanta, I don't
1: have that for, as much for, for months.
2: <laughs> oh, so, I know, I, love, I, love, I love it. I love it.
1: Well, let's, let's get to the second half of that one. So you asked me, well, do you mean of all time? So now we know, okay. If you were a general fan considering all of MLR experience, you pick Atlanta. We know why. Let's hear what your pick is for next season. Your top pick, if it were not Nola and not San Diego.
2: Um, let's see. I, uh, I really like Greg McWilliams up in New York. New York was home for a little bit uh, there between my life and and England and, uh, you know, San Diego. Uh, So I like New York. I know a lot of players on the team, obviously playing with old blue and playing against Nyack, but um, I'd probably have to go with Seattle just because I like their colors a lot.
1: All right. Cool. Whatever your logic is, it's a good pick.
2: (laughs) I I could never, I could never live there. The weather's atrocious, but, um, you know, they have a a great, they have a great, they have a great fan base. Uh, You know, it's always tough to go play there and, you know, I like that I like that blue and neon green um you color combo. Right, hot, you know, now, favorite,
1: I'm gonna bronch with favorite else. Mine. You said you can't you you're not made for uh, uh for the winter that's why you probably say you wouldn't be in seattle right let me tell you yeah. though, my experience that's the weather i enjoy most though um but you know just like anywhere else there's great fans all over the place seattle and and san diego great fans much like it is for mm-hmm. nola um so i'm happy mm-hmm. to hear what your pick would be if you were a fan just like anybody else so again yeah. just to sum it up it would be atlanta overall but if it wasn't uh, well, your pick for next year will be Seattle's uh,
2: Seawolves then, right? Uh, if no, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I was I was using more Seattle from like the the year one. Like if I was a year one fan coming in and restarting, I was like, okay, Seattle, cool, covered. Fair
0: enough, and good fan base. There we go. go. But uh, in
2: Atlanta, just because um, you know, I, you know, close close to my heart, living in Atlanta, I had a great time there. I had a lot of successful um you know, rugby memories there and, uh, you know, kind of the guy who brought me in and, and, you know, kind of showed me what, what high level rugby is like, uh, you know, as their GM. So you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of respect. for Scott
0: So, so Cam, uh, you know, you talked about Fitz, Ryan Fitzgerald, the general manager at NOLA. Uh, he's been a busy man this offseason. I'm sure you've kind mm-hmm. of paid attention. Right. And it yeah. seems to me his personnel moves have been very balanced. He's re-signed some core veterans. Um, mm-hmm. you know, guys like JP, uh, Eloth, that is, um, he's picked up some seasoned players, uh, and, and we have another, an, another, uh, JP in there, right. Um, yeah. from San Diego. Yeah. And then he's also, uh, you know, really got some nice young players to build into the mix that we hope will develop, especially for us fans at NOLA, um, I got a tough question here for you, run, pass, or kick. Will the 2021 season be a disappointment if Nola doesn't make the playoffs?
2: Um, yeah, I got to run with that. Yeah, 100%. Um, with, with the firepower and the work that that uh, 50's done in the offseason, um, I mean, it's kind of expected at the moment. I mean, he brought in some, some... I mean, we've always been low on international players, and the international players I think he brought in, this, he's bringing in this year are you know, top top tier and really gonna, you know, make some moves in the M L R we've got the uh I think his name's Damien the, the, the scrum half from the Mibia, uh yeah, who's I mean if I don't know if you watch his highlight tape, hey, that the kid's electric. Um, you know, him and Holden are really gonna push you know, at nine and then uh um you forget his name. Is it Juan Juan yeah. from Argentina, the center. Yeah. I mean he's a he's a hell of a player and then I, I played with JP at, at San Diego and Having that, even just having that guy in the locker room, is such a, such an amazing thing. He's got to be one of the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life. And like I was saying, with positivity just—he's always positive. He pushes you and he gets the best out of you. He knows how to speak to people. He never speaks down on anyone. Um, you know, he kind of he kind of looks for, you know, he'll, he'll help you kind of find, you know, when you when you're like questioning things, like with you know during practice or, or on game film, like instead of talking down on you and say, well, why don't you do, you need to do this, you need to do that, he he, he helps you come to a to a you know a result or a conclusion, rather than telling you what to do. And I think as a player, I think that's huge. Uh, more so than you know, fans who haven't played at this level uh, don't understand. Like you know, when you get told to do things um, a certain way and you haven't been doing it your whole life, it, it, it can kind of make you question and you kind of get out of your usual realm. But if someone can kind of be alongside you and help you find the re- you know help you find what you're looking for and help you find that result, I think it adds a lot more value. The so confidence is key, especially in this sport
0: yeah absolutely uh and it's funny you, you talk about some of those players um you know here here uh we're gonna we're gonna bring up a little video here that was courtesy by the way of a big fan of ours, Susie uh Susie Delgado I think you know Susie mm-hmm. um yeah
2: I know Susie. I know Susie fairly well
0: <laughs> so she she was uh, kind enough uh to send us this video this is your fifty fiftieth cap um yeah you know, it's you're playing against Argentina in Rugby World Cup 2019. Um, you've obviously played in two World Cups, pulling on the USA jersey. As a matter of fact, um, like I said, this was your 50th cap. What a great, uh, what a great honor and a tremendous achievement for you. Um, on the flip side, you've also made uh, 15 appearances for the gold and really cemented yourself and yourself in, in that lineup, and and obviously built some great relationships that you just talked about with some of those uh, players in New Orleans. So run past or kick. All right, ready? Uh, If your dad, Terry, said, let's spend a long weekend chilling on the boat and fishing with four teammates, run past or kick, would it be with the boys from NOLA or some boys from the Eagles? And as a follow-up, which four boys would be on that boat getting the boarding pass?
2: All right, Rob, I'm going to kick the first one to you. I'll answer the second one.
0: All right, cool. Um, oh man. Well, I, I'm going with the boys from Nolan. Here's why: I, I think uh, the guys down in the Bayou, they've, they've, uh, you know, there's a, a heavy, as you said, tourism and and fishing and and outdoorsman paradise uh, vibe mm-hmm. in the place. And I think a lot of those boys have really picked up on that. I know that a lot of them are staying in New Orleans in the off season. They've been working together and training together, so I think that camaraderie is really built up. Over this COVID period, and and I, I I get the feeling that the boys really love to get together outside of the gym, outside of the pitch, and just have a good time chilling on a boat and uh, enjoying mm-hmm. the marvelous fishing that's going on down there. And cue the uh, the uh, um, uh, ad for the New Orleans Board of Tourism, by the way. Um, so
2: <laughs> they pay, how much they pay you for that? Is that yeah. ten bucks in the back pocket there?
0: Yeah, I thought they were paying you about two questions ago. So. On that note, thank you. Yeah, they did. I just, I
2: just got my bank account, so.
0: helping uh, us out.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll run. i run with the uh, the second part. Who would I bring? Um, uh, first, I got to take Cam Falcon, my roommate. Uh, you know, we we go we go fishing quite a bit. I mean, I've probably been fishing with him ten, twelve times. Uh, you know, he's a local, so he knows he knows, how he to knows, the, he knows all the He knows the spots for redfish and trout. Um, you know, he's always a good time too. Uh, I'm going to go with Benny Tarr. Benny Tar is lives his. When he's not playing rugby, he's fishing. Uh, he is like the most dedicated fisherman I've ever met in my life. So, you know, you don't want someone who's going to complain about being hot on the boat all day. You're going to want someone who's <laughs> actually who's actually like enjoying enjoying their time fishing. So I'm going to go. Kind of a great
0: man. <laughs> and, and, and,
2: yeah, Benny Targe. and Benny Targe is hilarious to be around. Man, that, that dude's humor humor level you know it's through the roof. Uh, third, I I'm going to go with Julian Dominguez,
0: oh, which wow. I don't
2: know if he I don't know if he's never fished before, but um you know he. he you know, English is a second language, but you know, he he loves a good time, and, and same thing I talked about that positivity, man. He's just always, I've never seen that guy be negative. He's always smiling, and so high energy and like full of fun and love for everyone. He's hilarious to be around because of it. Uh, especially when he tries to, you know, he speaks English, but it, it, you know, it can be comical at times, you have to ask him, like, what is that? What you actually? meant? Oh, I think what you meant is he's like, oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So um, good for then, the comic um,
0: relief, right? right
2: yeah and then and then uh who else who else will we bring um i'm gonna go with Kane thompson because i've been fishing with Kane thompson before and it's actually funny but in a different sense Kane thompson you think he's this big burly guy from from new zealand who's played for samoa he's been around the world you know he, he, he was considered a hard man in rugby and Man, he is a horrendous sportsman. He cannot fish for the life of him. I think he had the rod upside down. He was reeling backwards. He caught a little like 14-inch redfish, which is big. A, a lot
1: of comedy in its own way.
2: Oh, it's hilarious! I have a video. I have a video of him. I wish I would have sent it to you. And he, he, he gets the fish in the boat. I mean, and this is a small redfish. Like you can't you can't keep anything under 16 inches, and even 16 inches, you're like 17. 17 to 24 is kind of what you want to keep. Those are the best paces. Because once they get, once it, like 16, you're like, not really going to get a whole lot of meat off it, wait a little bit, try to catch, you know, someone will catch it again and it'll provide some, some protein for them and their family. But he tried to, he tried to grab this fish on the ground and he jumped up and like ran away from the fish and, <laughs> and, and then finally took his little towel grabbed it he wouldn't take the hook out so I, like he was holding the fish i took the hook out and i and i, and I was like I all right like you can, gotta put it back defend and himself <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you,
2: yeah and you got so he has the fish i take the hook out and he's like hold it he's like what do i do i was like let it go and he like starts wiggling just He's got the little hand rag. He just throws the whole thing in the water, hand rag and fish hole. I was like, What are you doing?
0: <laughs> so, what I got to know is if you guys have K Court when you go on a fishing trip like that? Because I know K Court is huge and amongst, uh, amongst the boys on rugby trips, right? So, is there well, a K Court here? Because it sounds like that's a final so, uh, offense.
2: I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, kind of. It's just more of an, more of an into All right. You need to. you need to go sit down and have a beer. (laughs) But I I wouldn't really call it a court, but here's the thing. When you're out there in the sun all day and it's a hot day, you know, and and you're you're just drinking beer left and right, like, you know, you got to drink light beers just even because they get hot so quickly. Secondly, like, you know, next thing you know, you've been out there for four hours and you're like 10 beers in, you're like, oh, you know, and you're not drinking water and then, you know, you get a good little buzz on and, uh, you know, it's, it's a good time.
0: Absolutely. I want to get a little bit more real, and we're going to start to turn our attention in a little bit different direction. Um, so the Eagles ripped off a great win against Scotland in June of 2018 in Houston. I know that had to have been a huge uh, win for you guys, a feather in your cap, certainly as a player. Yeah. Uh, and then in the fall of 2019, head coach Gary Gold was able to hold a six-week camp in Colorado in preparation for Rugby World Cup 2019. Uh this prep time and the historic victory raised many fans' expectation for the twenty nineteen tournament. Run pass, or kick was going 0-4 in pool play seen as a failure by the team.
2: Mm, yeah, I'll run with that. Yeah, it was. You know, we our confidence level was, was real good. Um, you know, we had that the Pacific Nations Cup uh in July. You know, we we beat Canada real good, uh and Denver uh won a close one against Samoa. And then You know, we had a fairly close one with Japan. I think we lost by like, nine or something like that. And then pre-World Cup, uh, we had a game against Canada, went up to Canada, beat them them there as well in a close game. You know, and and our fitness levels were great. Our strength levels were great. You know, everyone had knowledge of the game plan. And then, um, you know, we got whooped up on by England, uh, you know, which was always going to be a very tough match. It was going to be a tough match. I mean they were going into the final, they were looking like the favorites and, and South Africa kind of, you know, did their did their homework and, and 12 you know, <laughs> And, and I ended up yeah, ended up whooping <laughs> up on them. Um you know, and then we, we played France. Um you know, it's close at halftime, it's close to, it's close to the sixty five minute mark. I think it's the three point yeah. difference at the sixty five minute mark, and then they run away with like, you know, like closing or fourteen points late and you yeah. know, that game was a lot closer than it looked. Um and, Argentina and- same thing. I, I think at halftime they were up 10 and, you know, we were, we were playing, you know, decent rugby and, you know, the first 10 minutes of that game, we were all over and we were in their half and we were playing really good rugby. And then, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, they, they, they scored a quick turnover try and then they scored again, a quick one. And, you know, then White Scully scored a gorgeous try in the corner. I think, I think it was like 17, seven at halftime. And then the other kind of ran away with it in the second half. And then went to that last game, against get Tonga and, um, uh, you know, they got out to a fairly good lead and then we pushed back and we were close. I think we were within five points or something like that and then they scored with like five minutes left to kind of feel it and, you know, that kind of you know, just took the wind out of our sails and, you know, it was it was a tough pill to swallow, um, but at the same time, as athletes, you got to be you know, in our case, you got to be kind of like, you know, you got to be a man and look in the mirror and, you know, the only people responsible for that uh, you know, is ourselves. Um, you know, we got given we got given the proper training and, and preparation. Uh, we got given the, the game plan that, you know, what's that our coaches had faith in and the players had faith in and confidence behind. And, you know, unfortunately didn't, you know, um, didn't uh, didn't do what we, we kind of hoped uh, we'd go out and do, but at the end of the day, you know, that it's sport. Right, unfortunately, is a and a loser.
1: Some lessons you know. that you can take away from all of that though, of course.
0: You know, and, and yep. I really thought like, just in terms of not only did, did you guys get a shit draw? Right, I mean the group of oh, dove, it was definitely right?
2: pulled for sure. But, yeah. but
0: you know, you had short like there was a sh- like every team had a short uh, week in between two yeah. a match, two matches, and I think your yeah. short week was between um, Argentina and and Tonga, right.
2: right? Uh, yeah, I think so. So we had the we had that weird we had the weird one because we didn't yeah. have a game on the first weekend, so we right. never got like a long break. Like a lot of right. most teams got like a ten day break at some point. I and think then, we had like. Seven. We had like a seven-day break, six-day break, and a five-day break. So that right. uh, was, you know, kind of kind of tough for us. Um And we had like I think we had like the second longest travel period of any team. But th- again, that's, those are no excuses. But it does, you know, that's just the hand we're dealt, well, and you know, you got to deal with it and you know, overcome that adversity. Unfortunately,
0: I mean, for me, it's like you know, if if the uh, world rugby really wants to see nations emerge, USA, you know, kind of emerge into that top ten and break through. Do them some do some of these teams some favors and get them a, a little bit of a fighting chance. Like put that Tonga yeah. game up front. Give you guys an opportunity to get get your feet wet, get some momentum mm-hmm. going, get get some energy flowing, so that you get some confidence and you can go into like. I mean, I really thought the France game. Like, if there was a team in that pool that I thought you guys had a chance to really mix it up with and, and put a pounding to it, it would have been France. I mean, oh, to me, they're that. like they're like hit or miss. Sometimes they go out and look like absolute right. world beaters. rocks like, up on the day. And then some days they just look like complete shit.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, it was tough too. What, what people don't what what people don't take into account is that um, you know we had like the second longest travel of any team yeah. like during the World Cup. I think Japan traveled a total of like three hundred miles the entire tournament. I think we had like in the high like thousands. It was like like seventeen hundred miles we had to travel, or something like that. Or uh, I don't know if those numbers are completely accurate, but I remember it being like ridiculously long, and it was like they looked into it. and All those like those second tier teams were the with teams that had really long travels, and then all the right, top tier teams right. play around for the, could, the whole yeah, time. You could like, argue you know, disadvantage. We were in like Kobe, and then Bay. yeah, yeah, we were in like Kobe, Kumagaya, and then we were in. No, where right. were we were in? Like Kobe, I don't, I don't remember where we played France, and then we had to go to like. Then we went to Kumagaya, and then we went all the way down to Osaka. It was like you know four or five hour a day, you know, travel some days, like flights and everything. Where it, like. Yeah, you have some teams who barely even left
0: Tokyo. You You know, yeah, and when you're playing playing teams at that level, right? It's those little things that make a difference. You know, uh, uh, Brailsford, David Brailsford from England, talks about those incremental gains. Well, those are the incremental differences Mm -hmm. that make the at that high level of play. Whether you're, you know, supposed to, you know, whether I mean, yeah, you guys are incredible athletes, but everybody else is too, right? So you gotta you gotta (laughs) give everybody a chance.
2: (laughs) Well, here's what yeah. it is: you play a game, and then the next morning, your you, your recovery is different because you have to get oh, a you know, sure. you, have to, you know you play you play an afternoon or night game. You have to wake up early, you have to get try to get some recovery and some food back into your body and hydration, and then you have to you know you have to travel all day for for four or five hours, it's and you, those, you, know, and you recovery. so yeah. you're missing you and then obviously change of venue is, is tough too. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, like I said, it is what it is, and that's an adversity you got to overcome as a player. But um, you know, same thing happened. We were in England uh, in 2015. We had a game in um, we had a game in Brighton, and then we had to go all the way up to Leeds for Brighton. And Brighton's on the south coast. Leeds is like, you know, almost in the you know, it's, it's oh, know. to the north. Had, yeah. Then, had, then you got a three and a half hour trip to. Uh, then you had a three and a half hour trip to London, and we had to go London over to Gloucester, and like I don't think we ever had less like a three and a half hour trip. But I think. England was like Twickenham, Twickenham, Wembley, and. Did they have a game in like. Maybe they had a game in Carter yeah, or something like that? And like,
1: England has in professional rugby is an entirely different episode. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, it's, yeah. and it's so entrenched in the game, but you are right that it seems to be, especially if you start putting it under a microscope, that those emerging nations or previously called the tier two nations get a raw deal in many ways that people might not necessarily realize and their impact is not so necessarily noticed uh, on the day. But looking back, you know, these things are a factor. So I definitely recognize that. But Stepping away from that for a moment, let's jump into the next question. And this is uh, to change the tone a little bit, have a little bit of fun with it. So, talking about your experience on the field, run, pass, or kick, what is your most embarrassing moment on a rugby pitch?
2: Oh, uh, I'll run with that. Sure. Uh, so, right after, right after the 2015 World Cup, uh, I went straight to Cardiff. I think I had one week off and then straight to the trading. Um, and we had a game, my first game with them. I think there were already like two, maybe three games into the season. They kind of delayed it a little bit because of the World Cup. Um, it was Like two or three games into the season, um, and we had a game away at Ulster. Uh, first game with the team, uh, starting at, I was starting blind this linebacker good. Really good warm up, feeling really good. Going to the going to the changing rooms, you know, get, get our stuff on. Run out onto the field, uh, you know, as the away team, and then usually like you run on, and then the other team runs on, like right after, or you run on together and kind of split like, your you know part ways or whatever. So we get out there, we're, you know, we're about to, we're kicking off. And like, I was just like a little tight because I just got done with like all the pre world cup stuff. I think we had like six pre world cup matches or something like that year, like with that year and then the world cup matches. And then, you know, back into training and stuff like that, new environment, you know, moving and all that fun stuff. And then, um, so I, so I was like, oh, my, my, my hamstrings are a bit tight. So I like, I like kind of, I bet down like before the kickoff, we we're waiting for them to run out. It was like a, kind of a cold day. I hadn't had a cold day in a long time. I bent down to like stretch my toes, to stretch my hamstring and I just felt I felt this pop right in my like butt cheek where my hamstring meets it. And I was like, "Ooh, ooh, that's not good. That's not good. What just happened? What just happened?" And I was like, well, "I can't come off the field." Now it's my first game with this team. I just got here a week ago. Like I before the kick first kick of the <laughs> You're game calling in sick saying, and oh. you did the job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ended up ended up playing the whole first half, winning a half time and I thought the training was like, Man, my hands killed me. I think I tore it, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Win. I was like, Before the kickoff, they're like, What? I was like, Yeah, I had to. I was like that was I was like that. It was a struggle. I have I went out second half, like eight minutes in, we had the ball in our own half. and sitting at a rock and the ball's right below me and I looked up and the the defender that was sitting kinda of like that first defender wasn't looking and I grabbed the ball and I you know, I just grabbed the ball, I took off for like forty meters upfield and I tried to open it. I hadn't opened up at all game, like you know, I'm kind of used my speed to my advantage. And I, I just went to go open up and I just felt it like just pulled so hard. And I, uh, one of my, uh, our fullback Dan Fish came up with a supporting line. I, I passed it to him and I just, I just walked and I went to the sideline. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. What a debut, awesome, man. man.
0: <laughs> so
2: I guess it's not like super embarrassing, but it's kind of embarrassing. I yeah. guess. It's still a pretty cool story. Yeah. It, it didn't feel cool running around for 15 minutes with a torn hamstring is not a fun thing to do so that that,
1: realization you know you like i'm in trouble the
2: (laughs) the next day the next day i was in so much pain too in the airport on the way back to Cardiff, man i was like i couldn't like sitting in that airplane i was just in pain the whole time like you know, it, it was it was miserable, and it was like, four, and then I was out for four to six weeks since I got there. I was like, "Well, that's <laughs> fun.
1: Oh man, yeah, that's a tough one. um While we have the opportunity stepping away from that question, and thanks for sharing that, it's pretty interesting tale. Uh, I wanted to be able to take the opportunity to be able to remind all our viewers of the Rugby Rand podcast show that this episode, like all the others, is brought to you in part with our partners at therugbyshop.com. Make sure that you go and check them out for all your MLR gear. As a fan, they got you covered. And yeah, you can find them at therugbyshop.com. In addition to that, we are also supporting breast cancer awareness this yep. month. It is the month of October dedicate the, the shirts uh we created dedicated shirts to be able to support it where 10 of those funds uh, that are raised are in combination between ourselves and that with the rugby shop we're giving it to various breast cancer awareness foundations uh, to be able to give back so if you find yourself on that site go and check out the rugby rant store we are available on the rugby shop.com thank you for that opportunity to be able to share that special message there now, returning to uh, to you, Cam, the man of the hour. I got another interesting question. I'm going to throw you away before we hand it back to Rob Hammerschmidt. So right. let, let's let's imagine you are a fan of of comics and uh, you are Superman. And uh, who would be your Lex Luthor? Who's your your enemy out there? Out of all the games that you've played in rugby, wherever it may be in the globe, if you got your arch enemy, and we say this in a playful way. Who's your Lex Luthor if you are Superman? Oh, I
2: don't know. Uh, I don't know if I, if I really have an enemy. I, I, I'm kind of like a, a... Who's the one guy you, you know, know my, you don't want to be his opposite number? Opposite number or just opposite opposition well, player? You,
1: you make a choice, man. I'm just trying to be able to help you come to an answer. <laughs> All
2: right. Um, Avunapola. Yeah. I, I, he's a good player, Billy. Really. Um I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's, it's my Lex Luther, but it's always enjoyable playing against him. We we talk a lot of smack on the field when we're playing against each other. Uh, okay. You know, that's always enjoyable. But um, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, Dylan Fawcett. The butcher. He's a, good, he's a good friend. He's a good friend of mine. The butcher. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. But whenever we're playing against each other, we always we we always get into it about something, and, and not like anything you know, like aggressive. We don't it's fight probably. or anything like that. But, yeah. yeah, but it's like with, when I, if I do something to him, he'll I'll be like yeah one mill, then he'll go something back. He'll be like yeah one one, and and, and when, you know we get in, We get into it about the, we're doing training too, when we're, when we're USA team. We, and, but but it's fun and playful. Like you know he's an easy, easy going, you know, lighthearted guy, and i you know I'm I'd like to think I'm the same way. Uh, Kane Thompson after today? Nah, Kane Thompson. Nah, Kane Thompson, I get into it. All. Kane Thompson knows he's not a good pitcher. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> So, so. King Thompson doesn't play. he's more of a, he's more of like the hiking type. Um, uh, he's not, he's not the, the outdoors sportsman, but no, I'm going to have to go with Dylan Foster. We always have fun on the field. Um, you know, we always talk about smack and, you know, but it's always lighthearted and fun and, and, and smiling and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I played with him at old blue. So we, you know, we know each other well, he went to like university for a bit. Um, not when I was there, but you know, we kind of have that same sort of path. And, um, you know, he's, he, He's got a good banter and I, you know, I went to his wedding a couple of years ago and it was such an awesome wedding and his, his wife is such a, a lovely woman. Um, and they're just, they're an awesome couple and they're fun to be around. And, um, you know, he's just, he's a great guy. He's a great guy to be around as well, you know, off the field, but on the field, he definitely gets competitive and it's, uh, you know, it's fun to play against him.
0: And we hear some pretty good stories as I as we talk to one of our other uh, guys on the rant, uh, Scott Ferrari, the big guy. He talks about Butch a little bit. We hear some stuff on social media, and we hear some pretty good stories about him. But uh, I, I'm going to turn our attention a little bit in this next question to social media. I recently spoke with a huge uh, Eagle fan on social media. I, I can't share his name, but uh, he noticed that you spend an awful lot of time uh, when the ball is not in play with your hands on your hips. Um, and so, uh, run, pass, or kick. Um, he wanted to know: Is this because you're out of shape?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick it from the side.
0: You gonna kick it over to me?
2: Yeah. Wait. Did, right. this, did this fan's Sorry. name start with a T and end with the airy Um, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like he's been giving me crap since I was four years old playing little league baseball. Back then, I was picking my nose. Now, I got my hand on my head.
1: This is a loaded question then, and it's got history, so yeah. Oz seems... I gave you a good background. So. You should be answering, my friend.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'll run with it if you want. Uh, no, I'd say am in pretty good shape. I think this summer, I, I think well, John Quill is the only forward to be in the in the yo-yo test, um, you know, as humbly as I can put that, uh, with the USA team before the World Cup, so uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm uh, out of I wouldn't say it's because I'm out of shape, but just Something I've always done. Uh, hands on my so, head. It's easier than just hanging them down there with bad posture. At least I yeah. have my hands on my head so I can keep my posture up and my kind of lungs open up a little bit yeah, That's so right. I think, it's, I think yeah. it's a habit thing more than anything. I've been doing it, like I said, since I was a little kid. And, um, and you have
1: about it since then.
0: <laughs> hey, I, my response was been, to Tell Terry it's, it's, it's what the All Blacks practice. You're getting your focus. You're getting that, you know, that blue head, right? So, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and, 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 and you know, Terry asked that he used to really be looking in the mirror. He was, you know, <laughs> he, being my father, and I, I lived with him, you know, until I was eighteen years old. Like, why didn't he teach me more? You know, work on my cardiovascular fitness more. There you go. So, so that's it, That's it. He kind of threw himself under the bus with that question, did <laughs> I, I I,
0: Cam, I love the banter because uh, you know I don't know fans of the show know that I have a son. He plays at, he's, he's at Linenwood, and and now that he's. Almost at twenty-one years old, it's like he's uh, he's still my son, but um, you know the our relationship is maturing, and I hope it it matures to to the level that um, you and Terry have because it sure sounds like a great relationship you share with your father.
1: So Cam, we I want to be able to jump in here, and I think he uh,
0: lost can- sound.
1: Oh, he lost sound. Okay, you know, yeah, no, can you hear us? can he see us too? <laughs> I love it. Right, so let's, let's wait a moment until to see if uh, I if, can, can hear, hear us again. Yeah, we
0: can hear you.
2: You can uh, hear us. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear any of that. The whole thing. Passed. So, I, so, yeah, I so,
0: so I just, I was just saying that, you know, I, uh, my son uh, plays rugby at Linenwood and we have a, we have a really oh, you know, okay. developed a pretty special relationship with rugby now that he's almost 21 years old. Um, you know, our our, our rela- hes still my son, but our relationship is maturing, which is great. With both my boys, yeah. it is. Um, but I, I hope that I can have that same kind of relationship uh, that you have with Terry as my my kids get older into adulthood. So uh, I'd love to well, see it.
2: it. Well, definitely. Hope, hopefully, you're funnier than than Terry. It sounds like you are. So.
0: <laughs> I, I am, by the way.
2: Uh, yeah, I think most dads <laughs> say that though. Most dads yeah, say they're funny. Probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be full of dad jokes, but I'm already full of dad jokes, but I'm not even close to having a kid.
0: <laughs> well, sh- save them up, write them down. There'll be plenty of opportunities to get them out there. You know, yeah, yeah. So. Perfect. So,
1: gentlemen, I wanted to be able to uh, just let all of uh, our viewers know that we're coming close towards the end of this interview over here. So we wanted to be able to see if we could field a question from our viewers. So let's uh, head over to one of those. And we got got uh, somebody I'm sure you're familiar with, Benjamin Haswell, who wants to be able to know, yeah. when is it ever not okay for the number eight to ignore the call play uh, or the cold play and pick up from the scrum? From what he says uh, is from another the... disgruntled scrummy.
2: uh the only time it's never not okay uh is if your scrum is going forward and you're about to and you're about to win a penalty and you pick it up right before a a referee gives you advantage um other than that uh uh, me uh being selfish with that i I say it's always okay Otherwise, if you're on the back foot it's great to pick up and go so uh uh, maybe maybe if maybe if they're maybe if they have a yellow card and they're down a back then it might be that it might be. Uh, that's the only other time that's not okay. You know, if you have a mismatch, um, you know, with 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 a, with a winger on the outside, um, right? for sure. You know, maybe if they're they're missing a back out there. Yeah, I'd say then it's probably not okay. So those are the only two times. But you can get in trouble with both. You can get in trouble with both people or both both sets. You can get in trouble with the type five who who been working their tail off winning a scrum, and you pick up before you win a pe- before the referee right. awards advantage. And the other time is if the back have. Uh, uh, you know, an overlap or, or a mismatch and you, you you, pick up and ruin the play call. So fair enough. Um, I'm
0: I'm, yeah. I'm sure Holden lets you know when you make those mistakes, doesn't he? He has, uh, yeah. he has no shame uh, about talking to other people. Well,
2: here's, a, here's, a, here's, something I learned from, uh, a, a good coach in my head in college. A guy named Dan Payne. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I'm guessing you guys probably had one yeah. twice. Uh, Dan Payne always said we're, 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 we're judged on a result. Right. So, um, you know, if you go for an interception, which I like to do, and you miss it, and they score because of it, well, you know, you're gonna, you'll never hear the end of it. Now, if you go for the interception, you get it. You then score he, three points. You know, <laughs> he can't be upset about it. Never, and he didn't like Ford's kicking at all, which Ford really shouldn't kick unless it's, you know, a, a very, uh, you know, uh, special circumstance. But you know, if you end up kicking it and. You know, you put 60 meters downfield into the touch. But it, that, then obviously the result's great. But if you, you know, you're in the middle of face play and a forward tries to do a, a grubber and up and under, and the other team, you know, you'll takes it, takes it, and and you know, now you guys are the back foot. So then yeah. you know, it's not not something that's good, and the team's probably not going to be very happy with you. The reason there's guys that practice that hours a week to do that kicking, not someone who never practices it so.
0: Absolutely. But yeah, some great advice for those uh, future number eights out there. Listen to Cam Dolan, give some suggestions of what to do with the ba- uh, with the ball at the back of the scrum. And and so while we're on the focus of the future, um, the USAR has recently made inquiries into submitting a bid for Rugby World Cup 2027 or 2031. So run, pass or kick. Can the USA successfully host this monumental event uh, in either year? And um, what are the three biggest challenges in your mind with hosting?
2: Uh, uh, I'll run it. Yeah, I think I think we can definitely do it. Um, the challenges, like, but like you said, there are going to be some challenges. And I think uh, one challenge is going to be uh, immigration. Um, you know, with, with certain people, fans and players, even whether they're going to be allowed into the country or not. Um, obviously our, you know, we have pretty strict immigration, uh, stuff, even if it's for, for, you know, visiting visas and stuff like that, you know, anyone who comes into America, um, you know, especially from a developing nation, they have to get, you know, special visas and circumstances and, and, you know, that's stuff that's going to have to be prepped long in advance. Um, so that's going to be tough. Uh, secondly, where do you host it? Mm -hmm. Um, you, you know, the world cup usually takes place, uh, you know, anywhere between August and kind of October. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta kind of think California. Um, you know, being being you know such a you know big state and having enough big enough venues close enough so you don't have that long travel like we spoke about in Japan. Because uh, you're not going to be able to have like game, a game in Texas and a game in Atlanta and a game in Chicago and then a game in LA. Like it's just that's too much travel for players and fans as well. That's expensive. Yeah. Um, so you got to think of. For fans, you got to think of where where can fans travel the most or the, the easiest and the cheapest. So you got to think maybe trains in California. So you kind of want to run that between. You're going to have to do it between San Francisco and San Diego, I think, because um, there, there's trains that run along that, and you know buses and, and and you know flights are flights are fairly quick. With that said, too, you also have universities that have big enough stadiums. Um, you know, because you've got anywhere from like Cal State Fullerton, San Diego State. Um, university of san diego you've got like qualcomm stadium then you've got um you know football stadiums in la you've got ucla uh play at the um what are the why do i always forget this stadium where you where usc plays and stuff like that oh the coliseum yeah you got the coliseum which is big then you go to san francisco you've got like you know san francisco is such a big rugby hotbed you know you've got you know cal berkeley and um you know, even like Fresno State isn't that far away. Sacramento. You know, there's there's just enough. You know, and then you got the 49 Nineers Stadium. There's just enough big stadiums within a close enough distance. I think, um, that you you can kind of do it with. Um, I, mean, I guess you can kind of do like Georgia, but then with Georgia, you're looking at like, you know, university. You know, looking at University of Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia State. There's just not enough big. I guess you got those SEC stadiums. You can do like Alabama, but, I mean, no fans are going to want to go to Alabama. There's nothing to do, no offense anyone from
0: Alabama. Yeah, some um, of the college programs, I mean, some of the college uh, stadiums, it's really not easy to get into. Like College Station for, for Penn or for yeah. Penn State, like it's yeah. not it's not easy to get there. Same thing with Tuscaloosa. I think
2: it's State College, yeah. And,
0: as well for, for yeah, college
1: stadiums. Would that be an implication but i like your, your thought about the the immigration factor well in particular visas for uh travel so i can attest to this you know a, a tourist visa can cost you anywhere upwards of 400 per person that yeah. you got got attack on top of your travel everything else and the us for, for, for a lot of nations is not a reasonable place price wise to visit so those are a lot of restrictions behind it I. You know, interesting you brought that up because we actually hadn't spoken about that in all our discussions
2: before. Right. Well, I, I know they did it with the Seven uh, up in San Francisco. You know, and you, another thing too, you got all the baseball stadiums you can convert. And I mean, how many baseball stadiums are in Southern California? They're everywhere, you know what I mean? Uh, and then baseball, and college, there won't be any college baseball going on in the, in the fall, which is kind of, you know, kind of what you got to look at really. Uh, then you, oh, you can have that sub hub in la too which is you know you know a great soccer stadium and um but yeah the immigration is tough but not even for um fans but for players too like if a player has any um you know kind of like they've had any trouble with the law back you know they they won't be allowed into certain they won't be allowed into america i know i know like if you if you have like a if you have any you know trouble with law in america if you have if you have any alcohol related arrests you're not allowed into canada and you so, like, that's that's obviously tough too. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest. I think that's really more the the biggest issue. Really is That is, yeah, the freedom so, of
1: travel, and then also your ability to play with the right visa in place.
2: Yes, correct.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, that's, that's, that's a very sure. valid point. I mean, there's is, there's no doubt that there are certainly many challenges to be able to consider. So, to not to hijack the question completely, but you know, there is obviously talks about a bid potentially being for 2027 or 2020. Uh, sorry, 2031. Realistically, what would you say is the best option?
2: Um, I mean, 2027 is still, you know, it's seven years away. Uh, so I don't see what if that would really, I think seven years is, is plenty to do the planning and stuff. But like I said, too, with that, it's like, that planning to get the venues as well as, 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 working with, with, you know, United States immigration, um, you know, to kind of, to prep for that. Cause they will have to do that. And then, and then, and then deciding where you want to do it. So probably twenty thirty one but I don't, I don't know what pop they've been in with place with, with U S immigration. And then obviously venues and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, they might, they might, they might already be, you know, have their foot in the, in the you know, foot in the door with things and have already been in discussion. So I don't really know. Uh, i think if you were starting now i think 2027 would be um, you know a bit tough it'd be a bit you know far, you know right.
1: probably a, stretch a, to get. To a little bit more time and if you were Precisely. to seriously place a bid 2031 you would say it's probably just safer to be able to aim for that
2: yeah as you, yeah as definitely, Fair yeah, enough. definitely. I think, yeah i'd definitely say that for sure
1: uh, now, I wanted to be able to, before we head out, and again, thank you very much for joining us, Cam. Uh, of course, you have been watching this interview with Cam Dillon of NOLA Gold and, of course, the USA Eagle, a veteran of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. And before we head out of this interview, we want to be able to give the floor to you, Cam, to be able to share a message with any of your fans, any friends you want to be able to give a shout out to. Here's your moment.
2: Uh, yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, thank you everyone for, for you know, being fans of the game uh, more so than, than fans of me, uh, you know, kind of helping the sport grow and develop in the United States, um, you know, for, for, for people like myself and my teammates, uh, you know, it's, it's been such a blessing to be able to have this kind of professional league in America and then the growth of USA rugby over the last 10 years. Um, you know, obviously that stuff can't be done without a fan, um, you know, and, and, you know, with that said too, um, you know, I know we're we're all in tough times right now. Uh, you know, and um, you know, with COVID and 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 everyone's lives are, you know, some some people's lives are put on the back burner. And, and you know, I, I think uh, you know, just just have supportive, positive people around you. Um, keep your mental health, uh, you know, good up there. And you know, don't be afraid to to talk to friends and you know, let them know if, if you're struggling mentally. Um, you know, or, or physically by any means. I, th- I think, you know, just being able to, vo- you know, voice the people. I, th- I think p- your friends and, and family are a lot more welcoming when, when you know, when you are, uh, you know, kind of down and looking for other options to kind of occupy, uh, you know, your life and help you, you know, kind of find a new, I guess, a new road. Obviously, we're all going to be this will be very interesting when this all ends. I don't like this is going to be different for everyone. Uh, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt and enjoy the finer things as well. Um, eat good food, have laughs. Don't be afraid to have a beer on a weekend.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's a simple message that can resonate with everybody. It's just enjoy the time we have, do the things that make you happy and surround yourself with positive people. What a wonderful message to be able to share. It has absolutely been Amazing to be able to hear your thoughts and your insights into uh, professional rugby in the country, but also, of course, abroad. Uh, Your experience is invaluable to USA Rugby as a whole and, of course, the national side as well. Uh, And your contribution to to Major League Rugby, of course, is only going to get better and better. We do hope and wish NOLA all the great success next year, but we know if it's not them, you'll pick a Seattle. So, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, gentlemen, it truly has been great, and what we do here would not be possible without the help of our partners at the Rugby Shop, so please go ahead, check them out. They have all the Rant gear, so if you are a fan of our show, you can Get your own gear from them on our online store at therugbyshop.com in addition to getting your all of your great Major League Rugby gear. Uh, from myself as the host of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, my name is Ty Braga. I want to be able to thank Rob Hammerschmidt and Scott Ferraro, who is normally with us, but he's producing the show for us. And finally, we have to be able to one more time thank the man of the hour, Cam Dolan. Thank you for watching the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, and we'll see you at the next one. See you next week.